keys, tackle box in my hand Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man But the wife, she just don't understand I love walleye, perch, trout and bass And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me When I'm fishing for Bunyan Country well, today on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, we get to talk to a great guy over in the Grand Rapids area, Jerry Albert. He is the large lake specialist out of the Grand Rapids area fisheries office. And that, uh, I think we mean primarily, uh, you have one more than one lake that's considered a large lake, Jerry, or is it just Winnie? Just Winnie in the Grand Rapids area. That's that's enough, right? <laughs> it keeps me busy. Yeah, 56,000 acres. There's a lot to look after there. It's a big body of water. Jerry, one of the things that obviously we've been talking about on Lake Winnie the last few years has been zebra mussels and AIS. Um, overall, where are we at with that? Um, 2012, we first found the juvenile zebra mussel called the Belliger. Uh, by 2016, had complete coverage of adults. Um, every hard surface that we could find. In 2018, um, there seems to be a reduction in the zebra mussels. We had green water like the good old days in the early spring in May and the first half of June. Um, Then the population appears to have redeveloped and the water clarity increased, Um, not to the levels of the previous year of of, uh, 2017, but... uh, we also have a temperature logger that we put out in the lake for the full year, and we pulled that in January, so it had one year's of zebra mussel growth on it, and there were open spots with no zebra mussels, and they were much smaller than the previous year. So for some reason, zebra mussels didn't do as well in 2018, and we had green water and good fishing. Yeah, yeah you're fine with that, right? Yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> Um, and, and, you know, the thing about zebra mussels and a lot of AIS is there's just not enough knowledge uh, out there to determine what exactly is going on, right? Right. And it appears that um, individual lakes behave much differently with the same zebra mussels getting in them. Um, some lakes are severely impacted, others not as much. Um, water clarity is always uh, increases in water clarity is a, a commonality with all the lakes that zebra mussels get into. Okay, and that's that's the thing that I, I noticed um, as I've you know talked with people on various lakes that has changed is is ex- where the fish are due to water clarity and and maybe even some change in the types of weeds that grow due to water clarity. Very much can uh, the vegetation can be affected by that water clarity. Where and what types? Um, there, anybody that's familiar with Winnie, the Bina Bar, um, going all the way from the South Shore out to the middle of the lake, used to be just a big barren sand flat, and now it's a, a large cabbage patch. <laughs> is that good or bad? Um, the, the vegetation is good for. Um, the lake, you know, there's cover uh, for various fish. Um, perch use that uh, old vegetation in the spring to spawn on. Typically not in those depths because it's about 12 feet deep, but that is the type of habitat that they would use. Um, pike, uh, walleyes both use that as cover, and the perch that they, they prey on use it as cover. So um, it, it's good habitat. Mm-hmm. By and large, you never want to say it's good when something foreign comes into waters. Uh, on the other hand, we do not know that there's necessarily going to be, you know, lake devastation by this stuff. In fact, 
it doesn't seem to affect walleye populations at all. Um, yeah, the walleye populations continue. Uh, one thing we do notice is strong ear classes are typically a little wider spread. As you say, we're relatively new in this game, um, so that's what we observe now. Uh, once the lakes have, and the fish within those lakes have a little more chance to adapt, we'll be able to speak a, a little bit more confidently about the the minuses, maybe a couple of pluses um, to zebra mussel. I know certainly for for anglers, it's quite an adjustment to make. I know in Cass Lake, you know, uh, always a low-level fishery. It's even more of a low-level fishery than it's been before. Walleye's still there, plenty of them, but it's it's more the human adjustment uh, that's that's the biggest factor right now. On Winnie, we see the same thing, and, and the fish adapt pretty readily. They are using deeper habitat than they did at one time. Um, the anglers ability to harvest them has changed because people used to go out between 9 and 5 and catch walleyes in the middle of the day. With the clear water now, that's uh, more pike and perch fishing time. Um, early, late, cloudy, windy days are a lot better. Okay, yeah, no no doubt. Uh, by and large, let's let's talk about uh, Winnie. Uh, you mentioned 2018, uh, a very good year of fishing. Yes. Yes. Um, we did a krill survey. Uh, that krill survey showed above average catch rates for walleye. Um, however, we have lower than average harvest rates because we've gone through a period where we had a little bit lower recruitment, so there were less fish within that harvestable part of the um, below the slot limit. Okay. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, the overall um, trend we're seeing. You were mentioning good good year classes in walleyes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we, we have a 2013 year class that's strong. That's uh, very good. Uh, that they just moved into the protected spot, so now they would be in that 19-inch range. Um, a 2015-year class that's average, which is of harvestable size. And then the 16s and the 17s are a little bit of a mystery. Um, our assessment netting uh, was affected last year by something brought on by the zebra mussels. Um, we had filamentous algae that was thick in the lake because of more light penetration, so it being a vegetation, more light, um, it has a chance to, to grow. Um, then it it, uh, it took and, and broke loose in the fall while we are doing our assessment netting. We had very windy conditions. Uh, um, anybody that's been out there, when it's windy, it's like a big washing machine. <laughs> the filament, the algae, was, was uh, covering our nets, and that made it more like a wall uh, versus a, an invisible capture tool. So our catch rates for everything were were down. Okay, that makes it hard for us to evaluate year class strength. Right. So our 2015 and 16 year classes were affected by that. Um, our our catch rates were lower, so our index of year class strength is lower. But anglers during the winter are telling me they're catching a good number of 12 inch type walleyes. So. Our index of year class strength says there aren't a lot out there. The anglers say there's more than our nets say. Um, I'm going to wait for one more year of assessment before I say anything confidently. 
Much more to cover on Lake Winnie with Jerry Albert next. Plus, our first Lake of the Week is coming up, too. Someday, I won't go fishing. Of course, I'll be dead. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Jerry Albert, the Large Lake Specialist out of the Grand Rapids Area Fisheries Office, my guest today as we discuss Lake Winnie. All right, Jerry, let's take a look at some of the other species. We know that historically Winnie's been on a lake full of really solid-sized northerns and plenty of them and have had a lot of perch and a lot of great-sized perch. Is that still holding up? The pike are in excellent shape. Um, with the new North Central regulation where there's a 22 to 26-inch protected slot as part of it, um, they're growing rapidly. There were lots of fish in that 24, 25-inch range last year. Um, if the growth rates continue, they will grow out to the top end of that slot. Some of them will, and uh, there should be more of that 26-plus-inch fish in the lake. Um, and then looking further into the future, there should be a lot of 26, 27, 28-inch fish um, for anglers to harvest. Okay. The perch population. Um they are down from what they were historically. Uh, the number of predators in the lake, um, both walleye and, and pike, more so pike, um, they're, they're cropping them off. And we have about half of the population that we had in the good old days, but that is still significantly higher than just about any lake. Slice structure, uh, 15 to 20% that are longer than 9 inches. So there's still plenty of keeper-sized fish. Do a little bit of sorting, getting through the small ones, but still plenty of good-sized fish. Okay. And is there any concern about those numbers dwindling further? Um, looking at our assessments, it looks like the, the decrease occurred and they've leveled off. So I don't think we're looking at further decrease. What I'd like to see is a, an increase if we get the pike population under control, uh, meaning lower numbers of pike, which theoretically would happen by protecting some of those middle-sized fish. We should have less small fish. That could help the perch population because of less predation. Okay. Um, you know, we, we hear of a few muskies every now and then being caught in Winnie, and still the state the state record still is from Winnie. Um, what is the story with the, with the muskies there? Do we really know? Um, well, we've tried to sample them, and they're very difficult to sample on Winnie. Um, what we know is that there is a small self-sustaining population that individuals can grow quite large in. Um, and I guess if I was a muskie angler, I would maybe go fishing where muskies uh, uh, would live, but not be too unhappy if all I caught was nice pike. It's, uh, it's one where you have to put your time in to catch a muskie. Okay. Um, anything else that's going on on Winnie we should know about? Oh, um, well, there's a, with walleye reproduction, we've seen some changes over time and, and tried to take two and two and get four out of it. And what it appears is that water levels and strong ear classes um, can go hand in hand. So the DNR and the Corps of Engineers have been working together to ensure that water levels at spawning time are at an appropriate level so that walleyes can spawn successfully. 
2018 was the first year we did that. Um, looking at water levels now, we're right on track in 2019. And uh, our Young of the Year assessments, both seining and electrofishing in 2018 showed extremely high numbers of young of the year walleyes. So we may well have a very strong 2018 year class coming up. Okay. Um, as far as the quality of the water, uh, quality of the fishery, we're, other than the unknowns we talked about earlier, we're, we're pretty happy with where things are? Oh, yeah. Whitney's still trucking along. Um, us anglers have to do a little more adapting than we used to do, and it might be on a year-to-year basis because one year might be green like last year, and the next year the water might be gin clear. So um, we're going to have to adapt to the surroundings and, and, and the way the walleyes are adapting to their surroundings. Okay. Is there anything significant or anything that has shifted that has stayed steady i know like you say when it gets green it 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 changes some but is there anything that we can anticipate has changed and won't be going back um well the 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 effect of the exotics the zebra mussels um they're they're one part that's very visible to people because of the change in water clarity that's it's not going to go back unless something happens that uh, i i can't see in the future where we can control them but right now there is no control on top of that um there are other exotics that are on the doorstep of winnie that could have an impact the rusty crayfish is in cast lake um they have progressed from um star island area over to the outlet uh, that the mississippi outlet that goes to winnie in the next few years we're likely to see the rusty crayfish in winnie um, there's also a vegetation that's up in Dixon Lake called curly leaf pondweed that can grow to the surface and mat very heavily. Um, it has not made its way down the Third River to Winnie yet. Control uh, methods are being used to to keep that population in check, but that doesn't mean it won't move down the Third River to Winnie. So, um, I guess takeaway messages: uh, we have a couple of exotics in the lake, a couple more that are likely to get in the lake. We don't need any more. So us anglers need to do everything we can to to prevent that from happening. All right. And again, if you were to give uh, Winnie a grade, what would you give it? Oh, I would probably give it a B plus because we could have more larger perch um, and and the index of year class strength for walleyes um, is a little lower for the 16 and 17 year class but the 18 might make up for that, so it might uh, might move up next year. All right. Jerry Albert is the Large Lake Specialist out of the Grand Rapids Area Fishery no- Office, giving us the details on Lake Winnie. Jerry, thanks so much for your time today. We appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Some people say fishing is overrated. For the record, they are wrong. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, holy cow. And it is time for our first Lake of the Week of 2019. Today we're taking a look at Whitefish Lake up in the Pinewood area. Gary Barnard from the Bemidji Area Fisheries Office joining me and Gary, one of the things I do every winter, spring is is get on the Lake Finder and, and use the map and just try to find ones I've never heard of before, and this is one of them. <laughs> I'd never yeah. heard of whitefish before. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's 
ducked out there by Pinewood a little bit out of the way, not uh, one of the most well-known lakes in the area, and even the name is a bit deceiving. I have no idea why it's named Whitefish Lake. Uh, there's, as far as I can tell, there and the old surveys, there's no record of ever catching a whitefish out there or stocking a whitefish there. But uh, so be it. It sounds like you'll catch some bluegills, some bass, and some northerns in that lake, though. Yeah, that's kind of it. That's a, it's kind of a pretty simple community. Uh, it's a small lake, about 120 acres, and. Uh, it uh, it's got a pretty nice bluegill fishery, and uh, and pike would probably be the the second species of interest there. Okay, yeah, um, the bluegills, uh, good solid numbers. It looks like size wise, it's a pretty good. Yeah, um, abundance was at uh, ten per net in the twenty fifteen survey. That's in the trap nets, and uh, the size distribution looked pretty good. Decent numbers of fish in that eight to nine inch size range. Good harvestable sizes. Uh, looked like real good bass numbers, and of course, uh, plenty of northerns. Yeah, northern pike were at uh, at ten per gillnet, but surprisingly, a really nice size structure. Yeah, out there. I noticed uh, that. And that may be the uh, you know the out of the way uh, uh, type of a lake, you know, where it's not getting a lot of fishing pressure. But we had all of the link increments from twenty eight to thirty six inches had in fishing all of those fields. So. Uh, that's that's pretty unique for a, a small lake like that to have that uh, that type of uh, quality pike fishery. Well, I'm guessing uh, it doesn't get a lot of pressure. It, it doesn't get a lot of pressure, so they're not really removing those big fish that fast. And it has excellent growth rates as uh, fish were getting to 26 inches by age four. Uh, that's that's really good growth for this area. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's uh, you know you look. I was looking at the uh, survey, and um, it has an earthen ramp. Now, what does that necessarily mean? Well, that that means it doesn't have these cement uh, type ramps that you see on most boat accesses. This one's pretty primitive, and uh, just a small parking area there for maybe two to three rigs. Uh, uh, truck and trailer rigs, so it it's not designed to handle a lot of people, and it uh, it doesn't. And that that access, those types of access, um, tend to keep a lot of the bigger boats off too. So uh, that that tends to limit fishing pressure a little bit too. So it might be a lake that you you know if you're a, a real outdoor adventurer, you bring your canoe or kayak or something. Yeah, one of them car top boat deals. That's a, that's a pretty good spot to go to, and um, you can get on there. And it's not so big that it's overwhelming for wind and that kind of thing too so a good small boat lake and i'm assuming not much development on that lake that's right there's uh, just a couple of uh cabins or residences on there it's a uh, it's a pretty remote type of a uh, fishing experience there so if you've uh, had enough with noise that's a good place to go yeah, that'd be a place to get out of the way and uh, and have a little solitude and, and have a pretty good fishery there. Uh, uh, bass fishing should be pretty good. I think we sample them at about 20 per hour with electric fishing. Uh, and the size is 12 to 18 inches. That's, uh, that's a pretty nice bass fishery. Wow. So, and the, yeah, the great thing about the fish you have in that lake, they, they're, you know, they're good biters. They're, they're going to give you action, no question. Yeah, I think there's plenty of them. We do a little bit of walleye management on there, just uh, do some fry stocking on alternate years. So there's walleyes present, um, usually under a fish per gillnet lift, so not a high-density walleye fishery, but it's uh, just a little added bonus out there if you happen to get into a walleye or two. Okay. 
Uh, no, that's, you know, um, normally when we do Lakes of the Week, I do a lot of these types of lakes. This year we happen to cover a lot of uh, fairly well-known popular lakes. But, um, yeah, if somebody's looking for an adventure, this sounds like one to, to uh, get to. Um, give us the rundown of how we find our way to Whitefish Lake. Well, let's see. To get there from Bemidji, you're going to go west on Highway 2 out to Solway and then north on uh, County 5. You go through Pinewood, stay north on, on 5 there for about a mile, and then look for the access sign on your right-hand side. It's, uh, it's not the best road getting back in there either, So, but uh, that's what makes it a little bit more of a remote opportunity. All right. So maybe bring the four-wheel drive. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. <laughs> right. Anything Not else? Right after a rain, either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good, good point. And I think the other thing that uh, is worth noting on this one, definitely, uh, I'm guessing, uh, free of AIS, at the, at, at, and hopefully it'll stay that way. Yeah, this is one that uh, is free of AIS, and we certainly want to keep it that way. So let's take clean boats in there and clean boats out. All right, it's Whitefish Lake up in the Pinewood area, one of those nice, fun getaway lakes if you want to check it out. Gary Barnard from the Area Fisheries Office joining me. Gary, thanks for your time today. All right, well, thank you, Kevin.